This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Annual Pass. This is the podcast where we talk about theme parks and attractions and rides and shows and anything having to do with the world of amusements. I am your host, Jack Patillo. And of course, joining me as always is my non-sick co-host, Jeff Ramsey. Hi, Jeffrey. Hi, Jack. Can I just say you sound better than ever? Oh, God. Yeah, so I am currently, well, I'm still sick. I was I'm recovering. No, I'm still sick. I've got something called RSV, which is a respiratory virus which is tearing its way through Texas right now. It's not COVID. I don't have COVID, but uh, it's it's not been fun. I've had to cancel a bunch of stuff, and I've been. Uh, it's not good, dude. I hear you. It's uh, a couple of other people I know have it, including my daughter. Oh, really? And so yeah, yeah. And so yeah. Uh, it is definitely ruffling some health feathers around town right now. Yeah, it's it's not good. Apparently, it's a, something that usually hits around like winter time, but it's like mm. super early this year, which is not good. And it's 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 a it's a virus that's not. It's not terrible for like anyone who's over like 16 to like 50, but if you're elderly or a child, it's not good. It's not it is not a not a good thing to have. So anyway, yeah, my kid definitely is not in the ba- as bad a shape as you right now. That's for sure. Okay. Oh, well, that's that's good to hear because I'm very I'm very el- elderly. Elderly, yes. Yeah, so anyway, I apologize if I sound like absolute garbage, but the show must go on. We need an episode and we're going to we're going to take it a little bit easier this week cuz I It's not just us. It's not, we can't just say that. It's not just that we, that's myopic. It's not just that we need an episode. The world needs an episode of Annual Pass Track. We're coming off a fantastic episode with, uh, we, we did our interview with Jim Schull oh last week. And that was such a fun episode. And I'm still, I can't wait to talk to him again. He was such a great guest to have on. If you haven't, we mentioned it last time, but follow him on Twitter uh, at Jim Schull. He's a really, really awesome guy. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, please do. It was a lot of fun. He was an Imagineer for 33 years, has incredible stories. And I got through about half my questions. Jeff, I know you had a ton of questions that you'd like to talk to him about. I barely scratched the surface because I knew you you kind of had a flow and I didn't want to I didn't want to interrupt that. But man, I, if we could get Jim back without a timer, I could talk to him for hours. Yeah, hours. Yeah. But seeing how like the audience responded really well to it. So I think with that, we'll definitely do more interview type shows like that. So thank you very much, everyone who listened. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram or annual underscore pass. We also have merchandise up in the store, store.roosterteeth.com. I, uh, I'm teasing something now. We've got something coming very, very soon that I'm so excited for. It's not a poncho, <laughs> unfortunately, but we have something very, it's, it's incredible. Uh, and I don't know if I should, I, it's coming I, soon. I, dude, I saw it in the Slack last night and I didn't respond, but oh my Lord. Yeah, it's, it's it looks very it's amazing. Very I'm cool. very, very excited for you guys to see. It'll be coming up soon. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk about it next week. To use the parlance uh, of my teenage daughter's time, it's uh, it's V cool, Jack. V cool. V cool. Is, is, Fle- is Fleek already gone? Or no, on, that's that's, that's on... in the rearview mirror, my friend. Yeah. Okay, I don't. I, I, that, is, not... that is not. Fleek is not Gucci, which is not <laughs> Gucci anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> so Gucci's, Gucci is also not Gucci anymore? Gucci's no longer Gucci, I don't think. Okay. Only what, in what jest. Was on point? What did you get? On what? What was it? On Fleek? On, no. Oh, you mean uh, <laughs> my daughter made the fake. I can't remember what it was. She made the fake lingo for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, check out our store, store.roosteeth.com, and uh, grab some annual pass merchandise. Don't forget to wear that annual pass shirt anytime you go to a theme park. A lot of great theme parks out there you can go check out right now. Don't forget, in like a week, Universal is kicking off Halloween Horror Nights. September 3rd is the opening for that out in Orlando. 
And uh, we're, we're going to do our damnedest to get out there, Jeff. But really, right now, we're kind of keeping an eye on the uh, how, how things are going as far as like viruses and stuff. So uh, we're, we're going to yeah. stay safe. But we definitely want to try to check it out before Halloween Horror Night shuts down in October. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll make I our mean, way back to Florida. Look at how sick you are already. We have to you have a very, your body is, is a fragile ecosystem, Jack, that we have to protect. We have to be very we have to be very careful with you. I don't want. I can't. I can't have you being injured. Can't have you being hurt. Can't have you out of commission. You don't want to have to do more work. Is what it is. You, you, <laughs> no, I, I just. I, get it. I just care about all the joy you bring uh, to myself and all of the the people around the world. That's well. All. So again, uh, this is going to be a pretty low key episode. Uh, I do want to touch on something. So we. This is the first episode we're literally recording the week before it comes out. So um, we're seeing comments on the last episode already and everything. It's it's wild. We're trying to get back to a point where we can build up a buffer again and actually not have to deal with me being sick through an episode. We can use buffer episodes. So hopefully that'll happen soon. But uh, one thing that's happened between the last episode and now is Disney has announced this new system they have. Have you heard about this, Jeff? Is it, are we talking about the, is it Genie? Genie, Disney yeah. Genie. As you know, they they shut down Fast Passes around, you know, quarantine and stuff. So Fast Pass, if you don't know what it is, Initially, you would go to a machine and you would put your ticket in and it would spit out a little thing that says return between this time and this time. So it'd be like you go in the morning and say like return between one o'clock and two o'clock. And then there's a second line you can go to to any attraction or to most attractions, which will be the fast pass line. So basically, it's like putting yourself in a queue and you just return later in the day. And then ideally, you walk through the secondary line, get right on the ride and get off and you don't have to wait through standby. Or you go get your fast pass, go wait in line for another ride, sit in, in line for an hour. Then when you're done with that one, then you know your hour's up, and then you go back and your fast pass is up for whatever. Good and bad things about that system. So, what are the bad things about that system? Because to me, it just sounds like hold my place in line, virtual queue. Well, like, what are the detractors of it? So, the problem was there started being more and more ways you could get fast passes. And it got to the point where the fast pass line, you'd still have to wait like 15 to 30 minutes in the fast pass line. Because there were so many people who had fast gotcha. passes for the attraction. And the worst part about that was if you were in the standby line watching, you know, for every one standby person go going through 10 fast pass people would go. It's just like what? what? Yeah. And it would slow down line. So you'd have these crazy, crazy long standby waits for attractions. And then fast pass waits would still be very long as well. So the problem was they they oversold fast pass to the. Point yeah. Where, yeah. But I mean. That's a problem, right, too, because if FastPass, if there's obviously a demand, an increased demand for FastPass, they want to meet that demand. They need to come up with FastPass X or <laughs> Faster Pass, and then uh, and then it's just a, a, a race to financial ruin for the, for the audience. That's honestly pretty much what's happening right now. So, um, again, FastPass has been gone in, at Disneyland and Disney World in the States. And uh, it's just been standby lines. And actually, the standby lines were moving really fast. Like when I went there in June, I went on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And it was at the, you know, at the old former Great Movie Ride building. And Katie and I waited in line. And like we didn't stop moving like the whole time. It was like we waited maybe 45 minutes. But it was like we kept going and going. It was like, wow, OK, it doesn't feel like you're waiting in line because you're actually stepping forward constantly. But with fast passes, that slows everything down. So. What they're doing now, they have this new thing called Disney Genie, which Disney Genie, I guess, is an app. 
It's an app where you kind of put in your likes and it personalizes a schedule for you to go and check out things in the park. So you can be like, oh, I, you know, I like these rides and I, I'm into this kind of stuff. And I'll be like, OK, well, start off your day with Jungle Cruise and go wait in line for that. And then, like, as the day goes on, it'll sort of rework your itinerary based on lines and like if you have reservations like dining reservations stuff like that it'll actually kind of rework itself which is pretty clever for especially for people who don't know their way through the parks you know aren't a super nerd like me it's like a travel agent who's like working 24 hours a day for you based with, with updated information yeah of. so it's it's not bad it's, so it's kind of it's not replacing fast pass but that's something it's kind of new to sort of be like oh here's here's some assistance for someone who might not know the way through the parks as well but now they have Disney Genie Plus service, which is an additional $15 per ticket per person. Uh, Let's see. It's okay. Excuse me. It's it's so it's $15 per day at Walt Disney World Resort and $20 per ticket per day at Disneyland Resort. And so this one will actually get you into something called the Lightning Lane. Oh, man. So it's not Fast Pass anymore. It's the Lightning Lane. And this will be so you basically be able to pick. I think individual attractions to go on and get into this lightning lane. You can only pick a certain number per day, but then they have another way where you can buy specific fast pass or lightning passes for specific rides. I think it's called a max pass or if this sounds familiar, this new paid service used to be called fast pass at Disney world and max pass at Disneyland. when it was free Disney genie plus will also offer audio experiences, augmented reality lenses. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. And, and also unlimited Disney photo pass downloads too. So, uh, yeah, it's I could not be more confused by all of that. It's like it sounds like they took a flawed system and changed the names to make it more confusing. Not yeah. what, I, I get the genie principle if it's like updating based on real time data in regards to lines and stuff. But then having a lightning, pa it's just so like I don't understand the thought, like the symmetry there. Not I, I hate that word, but uh, I, I am I'm finding out. Uh, through the process of hearing you talk about this, that I am, I, I'm, and I've always appreciated the idea of being able to uh -huh. skip lines, but maybe I, maybe I'm, I'm becoming like line egalitarian. Maybe, maybe we should all have to wait in line together equally. So I'm, I'm reading this from Collider.com, by the way. So uh, thank you, Collider, for the information. So the Genie Plus service. You can make one selection at a time throughout the day from classics like Haunted Mansion to thrill rides like Big Thunder Mountain and newer favorites like Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. But another option, which Disney is calling, quote, individual attraction selections, will allow the user to schedule a time to arrive for up to two high demand attractions using the Lightning Lane entrance. These individually priced attractions are not included with Disney Genie Plus. So big attractions you have to buy a separate thing for, like including the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and Radiator Springs Racers at Disney's California Adventure. So, so these price selections will vary by date, attraction, and park. So it's it's based on demand. Wow. Okay. This is so confusing. Maybe in practice it's not, but trying to wrap my head around, uh, you know, using Jack's five principles, of which I remember zero, but I assume that everything uh -huh. that everything that comes to mind, I assume, was one of them. Plan ahead. It makes it yes. difficult to plan ahead. Yeah, it's tricky. And I guess, I mean, I'm assuming it's all going to be based on the app. So, in the, like, the, the price changes, stuff like that, it'll be flexible. Kind of like we have a tollway here in Austin, like a road that the, the price fluctuates depending on mm. time of day. I imagine it'll be similar to that. But yeah, this does feel very confusing and very kind of overwhelming. If it does reduce the number of people through this new lightning lane and keeps those numbers down. And so the standby lines move quicker. 
I'm not necessarily opposed to it. It's just I kind of have to see this thing in, in practice. Well, it does feel a little bit like Disney's nickel and diming you for if you want like a premium experience. I will say, Jack, because I do love a premium experience. I will say, uh, I know I just had the whole egalitarian thing, but I will say that if the ultimate goal here is to, I guess, increase some sort of parity so that the the non-FastPass people who have to wait in line don't have to wait inordinate amounts of time. And if the goal is to, I guess, like filter through the fun, the price funnel up uh, so that the tiers are, are less bloated, it seems like they could have accomplished all of that with the existing system just by yeah. limiting the number of fast passes they sold. Yeah, or, or just made it a little trickier. I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm... I'm not 100% opposed to this. I do see what they're going for. But again, it makes me nervous that they're going to start charging for things that have been free for so long, you know? Or it's just like if you, like, say you're one of the people that's like, you know what? I I work hard. I'm going to spend a little extra money to have a premium experience on my vacation. Mm. I, you know, I only get four days a year. I don't want my family to wait in line half of that time. I want to zoom because I want to do it all because I'm not going to be able to get back here for another year or whatever, whatever your, your situation is. So, so yeah, I'm going to pay an extra 200 bucks on top of everything so that I can I can get through all of this faster just to just to to, to cram as much experience as possible into this sh- short window of time I have. But it sounds like you're going to have to be a scientist. You, like it sounds like like <laughs> you, it's like you would need like a whiteboard and string to plot it out. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm curious to see when this kicks off. I think they're, they're saying it'll probably start around the time of the 50th anniversary celebration at Walt Disney World, which is October 1st. So we got a month or so before we'll see it in full gear. Maybe that's the marketing plan. And that we this yeah. hasn't revealed itself yet. It's like 50 year celebration, 50 different ways to buy a pass for this <laughs> ride. But let, let us know what you think about this, because I am curious yeah. to see what, you know, the, our community feels about this. Like, I know there's probably a lot of people out there who go to Disney World a lot more than we do or might live in Orlando. So let it, let us know how you're feeling in the comments here on Rooster Teeth. So that's where we pull all the information, all, all of our community engagement from. Also, my like my opinions on this couldn't be uh, more invalid and, and less important <laughs> as someone who has had very little experience. I'm just reacting to the stuff you're saying. I, I would much rather hear with the audience who you're the everyman jeff that's perfect like we i want to hear what you have to think about this because like i it sounds needlessly complex and it sounds like a way to make people spend more money in different ways to achieve what used to be a simpler thing to achieve well we'll see how it goes we'll see i'm not gonna i'm not gonna 100 poo poo this yet but i mean i'm feeling feeling a little odd about it gotta give it the shot to succeed you know gotta gotta think that you know like they know more than us they know better than us they have money and focus groups and research time that they've probably poured into this and and uh what have we done yeah so let us know what you think in the comments below, and uh, we'll take. I'll take a look. I, I love reading the comments to any annual pass episode. They're they make me so happy. You know, like reading people's experiences with attractions we talk about, or answering our questions we ask you guys. It's it's been a lot of fun. So it is the best engagement in all of the Rooster Teeth properties we have. It's, it's is so the, good. The annual pass community, and that's not hyperbole. That is true. The annual pass community has so far been the highest engaged and most engaged and most positive yeah knock on wood yeah. community that we've had that we've experienced thus far well I, I feel like a lot of it is like you kind of get what you give and i like to think yeah. that you know that my, my whole thesis behind this podcast was to have a very very positive experience because it's all about that like the excitement and the joy you get from going to theme parks and experiencing mm-hmm. this stuff so anyway thank you very much that being said we love you guys so thank you very much for listening really quickly i wanted to jump in here 
just as a so I, I I went and looked up some stuff on this Disney Genie service app. I oh, okay. Try to simplify it, it just a little bit for you guys. Thank and you. Maybe man. give like a frame of reference. That's Ben, by the way. He's our he's our producer of the show. I am no longer trapped in another room somewhere in Jack's house. I am here and actually <laughs> have a mic. Yeah. So it seems like the Disney Genie app is going to be a like help you plan your day and figure out an itinerary for like the everyman coming into a Disney park, right? Yeah. The Genie Plus service is going to be that like paid per day to get you faster access to like everyday rides, much like what you mentioned before, like that max pass service uh, or like the fast pass. Okay. Okay. Seems simple enough. The individual attraction selections is going to be for like high demand rides that don't have access to like the everyday fast pass. So to put it in like some frame of reference for stuff we've done before, when we went to Orlando, we had a fast pass to ride like pretty much every ride in the park, except for Hagrid's motorbike ride and the Velocicoaster. And it yeah. sounds like this individual attraction selection is an option for a fast pass to rides like those, the newer okay. rides that have like a higher demand for people. Okay. Okay. So that makes sense. Okay. That's, that's not as difficult as I, as I thought then. Thank you, Ben, for clarifying. Still confusing to me. <laughs> but then I didn't have to handle all that stuff when we were in Florida either. You guys did that for me yeah. as if I were a small child connected to you via tether. I just held your hand and just kept feeding yeah. you your, just kept uh, give me the cotton candy beers. and the churros. Yeah. All right. Well, Jeff, Let's move on now. Let's, let's stop talking about additional pay and all that stuff. Let's get into something. I'm not going to say exciting because I, I intentionally this episode, knowing how I feel right now, I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to go big over the top thrill ride type show for this episode because I'm I'm kind of like, eh. so I, I wanted something to be a little bit more calm, a little bit more relaxing, but still something pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Today, Jeff, we are going to talk about the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> at Walt Disney World. So do you know what the Hall of Presidents is? No. Okay. All right. That sounds you said, you so boring, though. <laughs> it's it's a 20, 20-ish minute attraction. Oh, Lord. About the history of the United States, because Walt Disney loved the United States. I don't even know this, but he was a big fan of the U.S. Don't we all? Yeah. It's all about the, you know, about the presidency of the United States, kind of how it was founded, and sort of different trials and tribulations these presidents went through. And then it has uh, Abraham Lincoln pops up. He's uh, he's an animatronic and he like talks to the audience. He, he recites some stuff. And then eventually they show more screens and then the screens pull away and reveal all of the presidents, Jeff. OK, all 45 presidents on stage. And okay. you might say, but well, wait a minute. Joe Biden is, is president number 46. So Grover Cleveland was president twice with a break in between. Mm. So even though Biden is 46, there have only been 45, 45 people. presidents. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, 45 animatronics on stage. It's actually it's it's pretty impressive. Like the technology behind it is pretty impressive, but it's definitely a little bit more low key than your your roller coasters, than your your great whites and your, your splash mountains and all of that kind of stuff. So let me get through some of the history of the Hall of Presidents. Uh, pulled from Wikipedia, Walt Disney had, had originally wanted an attraction similar to the Hall of Presidents called One Nation Under God at Disneyland in Anaheim, California. After Disneyland became a huge success, Disney proposed an extension of Main Street USA called Liberty Street at Edison Square. Disney originally wanted wax figures of all the U.S. presidents and later decided to try to make them animated figures, but the technology that he wanted for the attraction did not exist or fully meet his desire. Disney decided to collaborate with his fellow Imagineers of Wet Enterprises to make the first audio-animatronic figure in human form, and it would be one of Disney's heroes, Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States. So um, at Disneyland in California, they have great moments with Mr. Lincoln. 
which is basically a show revolving around Abraham Lincoln and eventually ends up with this animatronic of Abraham Lincoln, which at the time was like the most elaborate animatronic that existed. Did you know that Walt, Abraham Lincoln is was also Walt Disney's favorite president? I did know that, actually. Yeah. I'm reading some trivia while you talk. Nice. Are you, are you also Wikipediaing Hall of Presidents? No, well, I did do Wikipedia, but then I moved on. Jack, I have a piece of trivia for you that I, you might not know if you're not reading the same website I am. Did right. you know that, uh, this is according to Disney Fanatic, by the way, okay. uh, that guests who have visited the Hall of Presidents, so I count you among those guests, I assume, may have noticed the presidential seal on the floor guarded by a gate. Did you know, Jack, that when you saw that, it was special because this is the only other place the presidential seal can be displayed other than the White House. In fact, it took an act of Congress to allow it to even be displayed there. That's how influential Walt Disney is. Wow, I had no idea. That's, that's yeah. an interesting fact, Jeff. Thank you. Number six on the list of trivia that I read. Numbers, <laughs> uh, the, the other ten or the other nine haven't been so interesting, so I didn't mention them. Well, I, I may have a few more of those written down here. But anyway... It's a neat show. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, if you're looking to cool off, and one thing is, A, it's indoors, and B, it's air-conditioned. So uh, in the middle of, of, you know, hot July or August in Florida, maybe taking, you know, 25 to 30 minutes in AC while sitting down isn't a terrible idea. Yeah, that's the two criteria for me to be interested in a ride in summer. <laughs> well, this is no, no ride here, Jeff. This is just a presentation. So, Jeff, yes. would you like to join me in my weekend state as we, we step out of the Florida sun and sit down for the Hall of Presidents in Orlando, Florida at the Magic Kingdom. I do. I do want to do it right now. All right. Okay. Let's see how this goes. This is going to be interesting. I've been, you have no idea how many times I've like just coughed long out while I've been recording this. I've been muting myself like crazy. So we'll see how it goes. And I'm going to jump Jeff? in. I'm going to jump in at key points potentially as well. So be ready for that. Okay. Jeff. Yes. We're here at the Magic Kingdom, and look at us. We're wandering around. It's it's such a hot day. How, how is your churro? Is it tasty? It's hot. It's a hot day, and it's a hot churro, but that's okay. Oh, my gosh, Jack. Are we in the queue right now? We are. We are in front of the It's the, the Philadelphia. What, what's the building in Philadelphia where they have the... Uh, they did the signing of the Declaration of Independence, Independence Hall, I think. The Independence Hall in Philadelphia is what they call it. Let's go into this building because, Jeff, inside of here, well, we're in the queue already, but inside of here is the Hall of Presidents, Jeff. Jack, look at all, look at all the, before we go in all the way, look at all the artifacts. Did you see right over there? That microscope, that was owned by John Quincy Adams himself. And that golf Whoa. club, that's Woodrow Wilson's real golf club. And that powder horn, Theodore Roosevelt used that thing sometimes. Look at all of this stuff, Jeff. It's so, so amazing. That beer mug, Jack. That is George Washington's beer mug. I'm not even kidding you. How many pints do you think he drank out of that thing? Uh, he was a big drinker. <laughs> that, that George W. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, so so Jeff, yeah, this is this is cool. So this is the Hall of Presidents. We're gonna learn some information about presidents of the United States of America, not the band, but the the actual presidents. Are you are you ready? Millions of presidents. Yes. Let's go inside and sit down. Where, where do you want to sit? It's a big theater. Where would you like to sit? Oh, up front. Up front, of course, yeah. All right, we'll get like the second or third row back, kind of in the middle. Oh, because so of everything around splash us. zone, presidential splash zone. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, all right, Jeff, we're inside, and oh, okay, the, the lights are dimming, Jeff. Silence your cell phones. Put everything away, all right? Ready? Okay. We've got a video presentation. We've got this giant screen that wraps all the way around us, and it's telling us the history of the United States leading up to the presidency and the British versus the colonists and everything. 
and it gets into how how the presidency was established in the U.S. It's like like a not cool version of Hamilton. <laughs> and so we're going to watch about six ish minutes or so about that. And then, whoa, OK, Jeff, the screen's moving. Look, it's Abraham Lincoln. He's right there. Oh, in front there of he us. is. Look at him. He's, he's, he's standing up right there. He looks so majestic. And so exactly what you'd think he would look like. He's so well animatronic. I All I can be left with is, man, that Walt Disney must have loved Abe Lincoln. He did. He did indeed. Look at that hat. Look at the care and effort that went into that man. Jeff, he's reciting the Gettysburg Address. Oh, yeah. Is that what he did? Yeah, sure. that's the four, four score and seven years ago. Yeah. That's Gettysburg Address, yeah. right? Yeah. I think it's also from uh, Bill and Ted. Absolutely. It's, we hope, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, party on, dudes. Oh wow! It's it's actually it's really powerful. Like hearing hearing it done properly. So yeah, wow, that's pretty cool. Okay, well now okay uh, now Lincoln's gone away, Jeff, and it's like the now we've got more videos. We've got clips from America being awesome because America <laughs> does no wrong ever. Yeah, right? we are. We are awesome. And we see like oh, we see like the the rocket launch. We hear Kennedy saying, "Not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country." And we see like you know the the mission going to the moon, and we see Reagan. It's Reagan, Jeff. And he says, oh, I remember that guy from my childhood. He says, tear down this wall. And no more rap music. Then it's like, we've got more clips of various things. And and then, oh, we see Obama. We see Obama walking across the bridge. And, and he's, he's, we've got clips of him as well. And wow, that's so cool. And wow, okay, now the screens have moved, Jeff. And they're revealing 45 presidents right in front Whoa. of us. Is that George Washington? Is George Washington right? He's sitting down. Oh, my God. Jack, can you see a sword? I don't see a sword on him. Is he? Does he have a sword on him? He has. I think he. I think that's his sword. And I think on it, if you look at it, right there on the hilt, I think that's a secret Mickey. Yeah, Ooh. I'm pretty sure I can see that with my eyes, and There's I'm not reading it off a of sight. Yeah, I think it's right there on his sword. Wow, that's that's pretty, pretty cool. Neat. I didn't know that. So Washington, so he starts sitting down. And you look around, and they're all moving, just kind of very like, very like so, like slowly and stuff. But then Washington, he stands up, Jeff. What? He went from sitting to standing up. Can you believe that? Multi-talented, that George Washington. Pretty impressive for an animatronic, actually. Yeah, yeah. So he talks about becoming president and like what it was like about you know like leading a nation, how how it's so important and stuff. And then it goes through and it starts listing off every single president one at a time. So starting with George Washington, then John Adams, then Jefferson, and then the fourth one, and then all of them up to there. <laughs> Hey, I got I got at least three. And then four through forty-five. Yeah, and then it goes it goes through all the rest, and then it ends with with Joseph Biden, and then Joe, he's up there, he does his oath of office, the one where you know I Joe, I Joe Biden will you know by the powers vested in me now pronounce you man and wife. He does this whole thing, and it's actually audio they pulled from the uh, inauguration back in in last year. So that's kind of cool, all right? Or yeah. this year, this year, excuse me. Then it's like wow, look at all these. It's so impressive, all these 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 presidents. And then the, behind them, like it's been scrolling different photos of like the White House as has changed over all the all the years he's done. And so now there's a big American flag in the background, Jeff. Oh, I love it. So patriotic. Yeah, I'd expect to see like a bald eagle come flying into the room right now. Well, and animatronic. I mean, we made all those they made all those parrots and stuff over at the tiki bar, right? That's true. They, they might just fly over here. But so the, the American flags, it's waving behind all the presidents are standing there in all their glory. And then the curtains drop and that's it. That's the end of the show. 22 minutes celebrating America and all the amazingness of our presidents. And it was air conditioned and it was cool. And it was air conditioned. And it was dark. And there was a roof. <laughs> and that's it. And now we go back out into the park and maybe we go over to Haunted Mansion because that's right next door. That sounds great to me.
I feel like I learned so much about our country. Yeah, it's it's actually a pretty like the show itself is pretty impressive. It's been changed up over the years. Um, obviously the the initial one was uh you know rife with some kind of ignoring certain parts of history. Sure, sure, sure. But then in uh in 1993 there was a massive refurbishment for the attraction, and they redid a lot of that stuff and actually kind of touch on some more important, in my opinion, more important you know issues that have, have hit America. So I've got some uh, I got some interesting facts here, Jeff. It sounds like you might have some facts as well. I hope I didn't blow through any of your facts. With oh, no, facts. no. You actually the hidden Mickey. I didn't know about. So that's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. This is from Wikipedia. During the 1993 refurbishment of the attraction, Royal Dano, who is the original voice of Lincoln for the Hall of Presidents and great moments with Mr. Lincoln at the World's Fair and early versions of the attraction Disneyland, had become ill and was not able to record Lincoln's revised speech and said voice actor Peter Renaday was tasked to voice Abraham Lincoln. Renaday also served as a narrator on the Walt Disney World story version of Great Moments of Mr. Lincoln and provided the narration for the Magic Kingdom's Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover from 1994 to hey, 2009. Yeah. That whole paragraph was just to get to the People Mover. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. With the exception of Joe Biden, every sitting president since Bill Clinton has recorded their own remarks for the Hall of Presidents. So mm. typically when it gets to the newest president, the current the current serving president, It'll have them doing their oath of office, which is like what they do at the, you know, the inauguration. And then they would usually give like a small amount of um, remarks to the audience. Like uh, they actually went to the White House and recorded Obama. They actually like filmed him and then they based the animatronic around his movements and stuff and then used it all. But for some reason, Joe Biden didn't do it. I wonder if it was just due to COVID or what. But or he's like, he's like, I'm I'm pretty busy at the moment. Yeah, a little bit. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah. The film used in the show was shot in 70 millimeter format using a special process created by Disney legend Oob Iwerks. This mm. was also his last project for Disney before his death in July of 1971. So he mm. died just before the Magic Kingdom opened. His daughter is Leslie Iwerks, and she actually did a great documentary, I want to say about Pixar. And she may have actually, I think she's responsible, or her production company is responsible for the Imagineering story as well, which I oh, know wow. you and I are both big fans of. Absolutely. So. Through George W. Bush, all the presidents were sculpted by Disney legend Blaine Gibson. Not not uh, <laughs> not to Blaine. be confused with our Blaine Gibson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Barack Obama's audio animatronic version was sculpted by his apprentice Valerie Edwards. So I guess mm. Blaine Gibson's apprentice Valerie has uh, stepped in. I don't know who did Trump and who did Biden, but uh, but yeah. So there you go. That's kind of cool. That Abraham really Lincoln cool. and George Washington are a one hundred model audio animatronic figures a line of the most advanced, lifelike, and expressive human figures that Walt Disney Imagineering has ever built. So these are the ones that have full motion. They have like individual digits on their fingers. The witch at the Disney MGM Studios for the great movie ride. She was an A100. Um, that animatronics actually moved to Pirates of the Caribbean now. And now Red, who's in the the auction scene, she is actually, that animatronic has been has been used for Red, who's the new, uh, the new pirate over there. So oh, wow. that's an A100 as well. I think they have a newer one. I think it's the T one thousand is the the new one. No, I don't. I don't know what it's called. But in in the <laughs> Avatar Navi River Adventure or Navi, uh, I forget the name. It's like it's a slow moving boat ride. They have an animatronic of a Navi, the big blue people from Avatar. That's mm -hmm. like a, it's a like a medicine woman, and it's incredible. And that is the most elaborate animatronic that exists as of right now, I think, at least in the States. And that one is a leftover as an extra Grover Cleveland, you were saying? It is. It is, yeah. actually. 
As of 2021, while there have been 46 presidencies, only 45 individuals have served as president. Grover Cleveland served two non-consecutive terms and is numbered as both the 22nd and 24th U.S. presidents. So there's a little fun fact for you. So you can ask people, like, how many presidents have there been? And they go, like, oh, 46. Like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can hit them with your Grover Cleveland deep cut. Boom, nailed it. Uh, next time you visit, you may know, oh, this is from Walt Disney World's website. Next time you visit, you may notice the table next to President Biden is adorned with a few special items, each for their own significance to the president, including peach blossoms to represent his home state of Delaware and a pair of aviators as a nod to his proclivity for the sunglasses. <laughs> so on a little table next to his animatronic is a pair of aviators, which is that's pretty, pretty great. Yeah. So that's pretty fun. Jeff, do you have any more fun facts about uh, the Hall of Presidents you want to talk about? No, man, I, I burned through all mine really quickly. And then uh, I had seen some of the ones you mentioned. And so I I think our lists started to converge, but uh, uh, but you uh, you wowed me with your list. <laughs> That's going to do it for the Hall of Presidents. This is a very uh, easily missed attraction, I'll say. A lot of people who are like thinking, oh, let's go to the Haunted Mansion or Pirates of the Caribbean's maybe aren't thinking, hey, let's uh, let's go hang out and watch history. This is an Epcot. So anyway, <laughs> if, I, I would say give it a shot, though. Like the if anything, seeing the 45 animatronics up on stage together it's actually an impressive sight. It actually looks really, really cool. And and George Washington does stand. Yeah, which I know it sounds not impressive, but that's actually really impressive for an animatronic because they yeah. feed everything through his legs, including all of his upper torso stuff. So like having that anyway, very impressive. So check that out if you get a chance at the uh, at the Hall of Presidents at Magic Kingdom Liberty Square. It's just just as you walk in over to your left side. So uh, if you if you're a big fan, let me know in the comments. I'd love to hear more about it. I'll let you know. So, Jeff, that'll do it for our, our walkthrough, our, our talk of the Hall of Presidents. But now it's time for some Q&A. You ready for some Q&A, Jeffrey? Let's do it. This is, again, these are all questions I pulled from our comments left on the last episode at RoosterTeeth.com. This one is from Alex Grabs 32 Question, has there ever been a time on a ride where you genuinely feared for your safety? I'm a pretty small guy, only 5'2", and when I rode Skyrush at Hershey Park, I genuinely felt like I was going to fall out. The ride whipped around so fast and aggressively at points, I was completely horizontal, hanging out the side or on top of someone else because the only thing securing me was the lap bar. I literally felt myself pick up out of the seat and then slide a little points. That's the only time I ever remember almost crying on a roller coaster. I just want to know if you guys have had any experiences like this. I feel like that the entirety of every ride I'm on. Really? Oh, my God. When we turned upside down on that Velocicoaster, oh, Lord, dude, I was... Mm. See, it's funny because like the Velocicoaster, that's literally one of the newest coasters on the planet. And so the sheer amount of safety mechanisms that go into something like that, mm -hmm. you're never in any form of danger on a ride like that. I'm trying to think like when, when have I felt unsafe? I will say, have you ever seen those those attractions that are basically it's like a like a swing? It's like a seat and you sit down in it and a little like bar kind of like slides down a chain and then it starts spinning around where it kind of like the the momentum carries you away from the the interior, yeah. like the, the center of it. And then they lift up in the air. And so you're just flying around in circles. Yeah. Like, I think we ate somewhere in Orlando that was close to something like that. Mm -hmm. I did one at Six Flags in Dallas that I thought I was going to die. I legit was like <laughs> holding on to the chain going like, I'm too heavy for this. It's going to snap and I'm going to die. And 
it's funny because Katie, my wife, she loves, loves rides like that. She's like, it's so freeing. It's so much fun. And I'm literally terrified of it. Like, I get no enjoyment out of anything like that. So that the hanging basket, I don't know what they're called, but like the hanging basket rides. I don't like those at all. Those scare the crap out of me. Oh, that sounds like a great ride for you and I to take together. Oh, my God. Well, if, you, if we do that one, then I get to pick the next one. Okay. Virus Elite 524, big fan of the show. Correction on hostess on Spaceship Earth, which is Judy Dench. I forget who I said was the narrator, but it's Judy Dench. Maybe I said maybe I said Julie Andrews, I think. I think you might have, yeah. Yeah, so Judy Dench is the, the current narrator of spaceship earth over at epcot as for references i also asked you know for um uh, saying like i didn't know if there was a reference to great movie ride and mickey minnie's runaway railway says as a reference for runaway railway there is a cameo of the cat sound from the gangster scene and the transition room between the dance studio and the factory that's kind of cool so in the the gangster area of great movie ride there was a you'd hear like a a trash can getting hit and then a cat going So I guess they use that same audio effect. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. And also following that, the acting DJ 95 says there's a reference to the great movie ride and Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway. In the fair scene, there's a poster for, quote, the great moving ride. So Uh, there you go. I love stuff like that. I love when they call back to classic rides and stuff. Absolutely. All right. And here's the last question for us from Shannon 413. I think you'll appreciate this one, Jeff. If you could add any country to Epcot's World Showcase, which one would you choose and why? Also, what foods would you like them to serve? And so I'll I'll refresh you right now, Jeff. There's 11 lands in uh, Epcot. It's Canada, the United Kingdom, France, Morocco, Japan, the United States, Italy, Germany, China, Norway, and Mexico. So if you could add one land, what would you want to add? Funny answer or real answer? Yes. Uh, I would like, you know where I'm really intrigued by uh, Hungary. I've spent a lot of time in Budapest. I would like a Hungarian land. I like that place. Do they have any special foods there that you would want to eat? Oh, they have great lemonade. The best lemonade on earth is in Budapest. Really? Yeah, really, really good huh. lemonade. Yeah. Also, they have really, really, really good Italian food. <laughs> yeah, you go to go to Budapest for the Italian food. That's the the key, right? Iceland would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a lot of like little Disney hot springs and stuff. <laughs> How about you? I would throw in Australia. Mm. Australia's not on there. Um, that'd be kind of cool. Like to see something from the outback. You may get some uh, kangaroo steak or something. Or what if instead of Australia, they did New Zealand, Ooh, New Zealand and left nice. the Australians out? I could see that happening. Yeah. Go like visit Wellington while in Epcot. <laughs> What's the, like, is there a New Zealand food of choice? Like, I don't think you eat kiwi. I've never been to New Zealand. I don't know. You haven't been to New Zealand? Mm-mm. No, I never, oh, wow. I never found my way over there. I always wanted to. I've heard it's lovely, but I haven't. I've been there twice. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful country. Like if you, if you get outside the cities, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's like. The uh, remember like the Windows ninety five backdrop that 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 hill the rolling hills yeah that's what it looks like that's that's yeah. New Zealand to me and uh, yeah it's gorgeous okay if you ever go to Wellington go to Te Papa which is the uh, museum there it's it's amazing I've got a, I got a tattoo from there actually all right well yeah there you go so there there's some uh, questions if you have any questions like that you want to you want to ask us feel free to throw questions in our annual past comments of this episode I love going through them and I'll be pulling lots and lots of questions down so please ask us anything about anything. <laughs> well, maybe maybe specifically theme park stuff, but, you know, having, having to relate to that. Yeah, ask us anything about anything, but we'll answer stuff about theme parks probably. Yeah, exactly. All right, so, but not only that, I also ask you, the audience, a question of the week, and then you respond with answers, and then I randomly select someone who answers over on Rooster Teeth, and I'm going to send you an autographed theme park map, autographed by myself and Jeff. And so I, I've, I've been reaching out to people now, so I've, I've emailed 
all the previous winners up to now. And uh, yeah, and so last week's question I asked uh, during, during the Jim Shaw episode was, who would you like to hear on the podcast with myself and Jeff? And we got some pretty good questions. We got some good responses, Jeff. Okay. The TNC Raider says, I would absolutely love to see you guys interview the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Tony Baxter. I would love to hear him talking about the projects he's worked on, projects he wanted to work on, etc. So Tony Baxter is an Imagineering legend, Jeff. He's He's been around for a long time. He's worked on tons and tons of stuff. And so that would be pretty great if we had managed to get a hold of Tony Baxter. I'll interview the Bax. I don't care. <laughs> the Bax. Bring man. it. Yeah. I'm Emma R says YouTube has always my gateway for all things theme park. So people like the trackers whose full time job now is to go to the parks daily. I'd like to hear their story, how their theme park experiences have changed now. And now that it's a pleasure and work. I also love the defunct land series. I'm intrigued about how that team go about researching, resourcing footage and putting together these mini documentaries on a bunch of obscure rides. I've never heard of love the pod guys look forward to it every week. Thank you, Emma. So Tim tracker, is a YouTube channel. All, literally, all he does is go to theme parks in Florida. He lives in Florida. It's him and his wife, and I think his kids go to theme parks, and they just film themselves, and that's that's his full-time job now, which is Oh, my awesome. Lord. Wow. Yeah. He's been doing it for a long time, though. Like, Tim Tracker, he's one of the first. There's a lot of, like, Disney vloggers is what they're called, but he's one of the first. Okay. And then Defunct Land, another YouTube channel. If you haven't given them a shot, check out Defunct Land because they go through rundown attractions or attractions that are shut down now, and they give like backstories, but it's like 20 to 30 minute videos on specific attractions. It's fascinating. I absolutely love that channel. So I would love to get either of those folks on here. Yeah, absolutely. Dirt Puppy says, all I can think of is Joe Road. I know I'm misspelling his name. The Imagineer who helped bring Expedition Everest, among other attractions, Disney theme parks to life. He's the only one I can remember because of his awesome fashion sense and how he was in every one of those travel channel programs about the parks. So uh, Joe Road, he was all over the Imagineering story as well. He is very, very responsible for the Animal Kingdom. Like he, he had a huge, huge hand in all of Animal Kingdom. And uh, I would love to talk to him as well. I think he he was recently retired, but yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we we'll track him down. Yeah, he's probably not doing anything. He's probably building theme parks in his backyard, <laughs> going like, "Why did I retire? This was the yeah. best job ever." The Rockfish says former wrestler Mick Foley, aka Mankind, oh, Cactus yeah. Jack, Dude Love, is a noted theme park lover, and would be an excellent guest. Mick Foley, that could be that could be fun. He's I mean he would be an interesting guest for a lot of reasons, but we could definitely do the theme park angle, sure. Taco 2 says it would be cool to hear from a pyrotechnic specialist or Imagineer that has worked on shows at the different parks and learn about the projection mapping technology that's becoming a big part of the shows. I love that idea. Pyrotechnic specialist would be pretty cool. Yeah, that is a great suggestion. Yeah. So if you know anyone who's working on pyro stuff, I know the uh, well, the Lights Motors Action had a full body burn and uh, I think Waterworld has a full body burn as well. Universal Hollywood. So yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Darius Prime says, answer my pick would be good old Michael Eisner. All things aside, I would love to hear what he has to say about his journey with Walt Disneyland and Walt Disney World. I didn't even think about that, but hell yeah, Michael Eisner, that'd be a lot of fun to talk to him. I don't know that we could rate a Michael Eisner interview just yet, but it maybe would not yet. Certainly be fun to get to the point where we can. We did get a Ken Jennings, Ken Jennings. We did get a Ken Marino, excuse me, Ken Jennings. <laughs> we did is, get a Ken is, Marino. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say that Ken Marino and Michael Eisner are not on a level playing field. And there is parity between those two, for sure. I'm just I mean, saying. Only one of them has been on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Fair enough. But yeah, Michael Eisner. That would be, be a lot of fun. He was the CEO when I was there. So yeah. that'd be kind of cool. Uh, Shannon413 says, answer Kim Irvine, the Imagineer whose mother was Leota Toombs Thomas of Haunted Mansion fame. Irvine mm. became an Imagineer in the early 70s, would probably have some awesome stories about the early years from both her own experiences and her mother's stories. So Kim Irvine, when they did the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas Haunted Mansion version, they needed to record new Madame Leota lines. And so they went to her 
to record the voice of Madame Leota since her mother did it. So I remember you. Cool. I think I think you told me that in the episode. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So uh, that'd be kind of cool. I'd love to talk to her as well. She's also in the Imagineering story. So and then randomly I picked a winner. We've got Martinez D one eight one. It says, answer, I would love to hear from Bill Davis, who's the COO for Universal Studios Orlando. He's a super nice guy. I've had the chance to talk to him twice just walking around the park while eating ice cream cone. His love for theme park shows from just talking to him. That'd be kind of cool. We, we have some friends at Universal Orlando. Maybe we can get a hold of uh, a hold of Bill Davis. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah, Bill, drop us a line. We'll, uh, let's do lunch. <laughs> we'll figure this out. Thank you very much, everyone who responded to that. And uh, Martinez D, I'll be, I'll be emailing you soon. And thank you again, everyone. Remember, uh, if you answer our question of the week, you have a chance to win an autographed theme park map. And Jeffrey, this question of the week. Okay. For the ne- this episode, since I'm not feeling super hot right now, you can tell my voice is all over the place. My question for you is, what is your feel-good attraction? So not necessarily like crazy roller coaster, not, a, not nothing super high, high, you know. You just need to feel, you just need a, a, yeah. a little, yeah. What's a good pick-me-up? kind yeah. of attraction you know like is it a small world is it is it phil hard magic is it spaceship earth hall of presidents the people mover the yeah. hall of presidents do you have a uh, feel good attraction jeff i mean i guess i would go with et because i okay. made me very happy when we were there Aww. I, I would say the people mover for me i mm. love the people mover I, I never step off that thing feeling bad that's, that's it's great. always so nice so anyway answer in the comments below over on rooster teeth what is your feel good attraction and i will randomly go through pull down some answers and one of you We'll win an autographed theme park map sent by me to you, autographed by Jeff and myself. So that's it. Jeff, I've done it. We survived. Congratulations, buddy. You, uh, I, it was, it felt touch and go there in the middle, but you soldiered yeah. on, you powered through. Now you can go, uh, I would recommend rubbing Vicks Vapor Rub all over your body and getting in a bath of hot Epsom salt. I actually have Vicks Vapo cool uh, lozenges right here. I'm going to start <laughs> sucking on immediately there you go. when I'm done here. But hey, thank you everyone for listening to this podcast. I, like Jeff said before, the community for annual pass is absolutely incredible. You guys are outstanding. The the fan art y'all have sent in, the photos, I, I it, it tickles my heart every time I see a photo of someone wearing annual pass merchandise in a park. I've seen so many, like someone, a cast member in Walt Disney World actually sent a photo of them in front of the new Ratatouille area of Paris and Epcot. And it was like, that's so cool so like, that cool. we have kind of that reach. And I love that. And genuinely means a lot to me that you guys are so supportive of the show. Please spread the word on it. Please let other people know. If you have any friends who are interested in theme parks at all, let them know, hey, take a listen to this podcast. We try to make every episode evergreen where you can drop into any episode and listen to it. You don't have to. It's not a serial podcast where you have to listen from the very beginning. You can just drop in if there's an, if there's an attraction you like. You can listen to that specific one and hopefully listen to the rest of them, too. But spread the word because, you know, podcasts live and die based on word of mouth. And you mm-hmm. are our big, biggest advocates. So please spread the word. Yeah, what he said. All right. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Jeff, do you feel like you learned something today? I do. I felt like I learned a lot. I figure and now if I ever get overheated and a little run down and need a quick nap, I know where to go. <laughs> Perfect. That or, you know, Spaceship Earth. So. Anyway, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Again, check out our stuff over on social media, annual underscore pass on Twitter and Instagram. Go to store.rooster.com, pick up some annual pass merchandise. We have a very, very, very cool thing coming very soon. Uh, Hopefully, when I get the thumbs up on announcing that, I'll let you know. And uh, yeah, and follow us as well. So uh, we love you guys. We'll be back for another episode very, very soon. Stay safe. Make sure to wear a mask. Get vaccinated. We love you guys. Take care of yourselves. Love you. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.